Welcome to the Digital Dudes Podcast. I'm David. I'm Reed. Reed, we're, um, this is the third of our series of uh, folks that we were speaking to at AIM, which, by the way, I'm really glad that you've finally made that dream come true. I should have made <laughs> you do that in the recap episode, but yeah. I thought it was a lot of fun, and, um, and you could just feel the energy, and it seemed like the folks that we got to speak to, too, like, felt it. So I was just glad that we that we did it. But this uh, in this interview, we're talking to Trevor and Tiffany from BetterBot. And uh, as we learned, they've both been there about a year now at BetterBot, and uh, they run marketing and social over there. And they're, I mean, Trevor's fantastic. He's been in the industry for a number of years. We've, we've known him and uh, has quite a bit of, uh, of a background and is really, you know, forward thinking. And then uh, Tiffany, I was also impressed with. I'd never met her before, but she was, a lot of times people get nervous on the mic, but she had no problem jumping in to, to you know, add valuable commentary. But uh, what do you think of the conversation? It was great. Like you said, Trevor's awesome. I, I think anybody could talk to him probably for a couple hours. Um, and uh, and then Tiffany, yeah, I mean, it, she's a more recent addition, but she's been there more than a hot minute now. I think it was yeah. seven or eight months. And, uh, you know, loved hearing kind of her strategy and how she's trying to help differentiate, but just get the content out there um, in general, you know, for AI leasing agents, you know, if, if we want to categorize them, you know, I always try to make sure that we qualify up front um, or ask that question. I should say like within this species, you know, how yeah. do you classify or identify? Um, there's something else I was going to say. Oh yeah. Uh, Trevor's for me, I hadn't met him in person. So he's one of those in person, like mm-hmm. I don't want to call it COVID because he doesn't work for us, but you know, I've seen his picture. I've seen him on zooms. I had no idea the dude was like six, six or something. I thought you might go there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Like had to readjust the camera angle. Yeah. <laughs> like, Erica, if you want to get this shot, you gotta, yeah. you know, get your arms out. Yeah. Um, well, I thought that we've had Robert on the podcast before and you would expect as a founder that Robert, like we could throw curveballs at him, but I thought both Trevor and Tiffany handled it well. Cause we were, you know, we went definitely beyond the whole guided conversation mm-hmm. part of the, of their talk track and they, they juked and jived. So I was impressed that Robert's definitely lucky to have them. Yeah. And some of the things they're doing, I mean, they're definitely not staying idle or complacent at all. Um, Cause it, feels like to me like they have a mature product a product people really love i mean i feel like pretty much anybody we know that that is using better bot has had nothing but great things to say uh but they have a pretty cool roadmap so don't want to you know spoil anything just got to listen in uh, to hear trevor and tiffany talk us through it that's right all right here you go Okay, Reed and I are here with uh, Trevor and Tiffany of BetterBot. And Trevor, you've been there now maybe six months? No, I just I just passed my year mark. So I started with wow. them contract uh, probably June and then came on full-time uh, at the end of October. So, okay. And Tiffany, you this is your first conference, you said. but how- With BetterBot, yes. But I've been with them since January, so 10 months now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, gee whiz. Who knew? And yeah. you're, you handle more social media and content? I generation? do, yep. Yeah. yeah. What's your biggest splash you've made so far um i have been really focusing on our instagram following and working that posting on stories it's been a lot of fun yeah cool yeah. well trevor um for those that don't know what the hell is BetterBot? what do you guys do <laughs> BetterBot is a multifamily marketing automation solution with kind of two different solutions one being the chatbot side of things the other one being the lead nurture side of things sorry i'm smirking because uh i was telling reed about did you guys watch the office yes yeah, yeah. okay 
uh, the very the second episode they talk about uh, <laughs> diversity day and uh-huh. like uh, Michael Scott's making. This oh. is the third time. I know. Well, I, I just last, like I, three weeks. I, I, the super I, inappropriate one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I, I rewatched. Uh, I rewatched it the other week, and now I just think it's so funny. And I was going to ask you, so like, what's a less offensive term than bot? Mm. <laughs> oh, that I mean, because it's actually. Sweet. I think. <laughs> I think bot had the negative connotation before the pandemic. Because if you actually look at the numbers in like 2018, 2017, a lot of the stats that came out then were talking about how only 25% of the market wanted to engage with a bot. Post-pandemic, that's flipped on its head. It's 75% Hmm. of people are wanting to engage with bots. And so that terminology, I think, is going to be less harsh moving forward. I think what's, what's tough is you still have like the phishing bots and you still have mm. the um, the scam bots and all those things that like still have the bots associated with it. And it's not something we're ever going to be able to get away from, but it's something that as people become more accustomed to engaging with something that's automatic and instantaneous and can answer their questions without having to deal with a human or deal with the wait time, I think they're going to find a better appreciation for the bot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Reed uh, and his family is way more into like Alexa which is a uh, form of a bot. Yep. I, I'm Google. I am. Yeah. <laughs> I reject like all bots in my life because I don't. It's like I used to ask Alexa for things and she wouldn't work. But Reed, I didn't tell you this. <laughs> the other day, uh, Amazon sent me one of their smart plugs for like 99 cents. Mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, I was like, all right, I'll give it a try because if I'm in bed, I don't want to have to like get up and hit the light and stub mm-hmm. my toe mm-hmm. on the dog bone mm-hmm. or whatever. So I uh, we installed the smart the smart plug or whatever, and I didn't realize like need an alexa device to actually mm. i thought it was gonna be like a like a clapper that i could have. No. so then i had to reinstall alexa on my phone just so i can turn on and off the bedroom light and uh and that means that if i shut off the light and then like in the morning i'm getting ready nicole uh can't turn on the light because she we don't have the alexa and she, <laughs> so she's now just like in the dark trying to change because uh i'll spare so. everybody but i have a very similar like um example of that but I will say this: my wife is still asking me for the clapper for Christmas. Yeah, and there like you go. it's, I've been <laughs> we've been together for over twenty years, and she's like, and I'm like, there's an Alexa. You just say master bedroom off, yeah. which I shouldn't have said master bedroom, but that's a whole fair housing <laughs> tangent. We're <laughs> going to get is on, correct. which is not the point of this podcast. So yeah. uh, it was to talk about bots. And I don't know if Cobot because they said a couple of years ago mm. at AIM they were really hitting like Cobot. It's a friend, you know. So mm-hmm. I don't know if there's Frobot, but we'll figure something else out yeah. other than bot. Um, but it makes sense after the pandemic that you would see the growth that you're talking about, people getting a lot more comfortable with it and those percentages really skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. What did stand out to me, and I'll use this as a jumping off point for you guys, but um, in the Res page um, workshop yesterday, uh, they were talking about how many questions a uh, bot can can really field at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and they were, I think, speaking in generalities, not just for themselves, but she used the number 60. Uh, and I don't know if you guys would, you know, Validate or agree to that, but um, before you answer, I I wanted and I didn't want to interrupt her flow, but I was like, well, was it forty questions last year and twenty the year before? Probably not. But you know, are you willing to say or would you say that in the next two to three years, it'll be six hundred questions? So this is all to ask, like, how fast do you guys think that this space and and bots are going to progress? Because we know there's a, a divide right now between, we'll call it guided conversations and mm-hmm. NLP mm-hmm. Um, and the concerns around NLPs going off the rails, but that, you know, it's not going away, but that, and so to the extent you guys are comfortable, like, yeah. could you address that? Well, so BetterBot's goal is to address 
80% of the questions that are being asked to the property teams. Like, and that's something that we're achieving today because as the questions become available and we see more of the, the comments of like, hey, I need it. Like the bot didn't help me. Here's, here's my question. We're taking those questions and then we're baking it back into the solution. And so as those questions come in, we're learning from that of like, oh, this property is seeing a lot of questions about the pool or a lot of questions about uh, nearby schools. And so we have the uh, community section that you can see maps and everything. And you can see what's going on there. That We have the amenity section that now bakes in the pool because they didn't include that before during the onboarding. And so all those questions are getting answered in real time as we're learning about them. And so our goal is 80%. And it's something that we are, we are seeing that solution happening more and more. And then from a conversation standpoint, I'll just throw out a, a quick little average for you. Our average property sees anywhere between 200 and 230 conversations a month. That's from the original 3,000, 3,200 greetings that the bot does. And so the bot will see somebody, 3,200 people come to the website. It'll do its little hello. Of that, 220 will engage with the bot and start a conversation. And then we see, uh, let me find the stat here, 280 questions are being asked. So well more than the conversations that are being started. And they're engaging with different aspects of the bot to, to answer those questions. So we're seeing a lot of questions being answered already. So how much, uh, what's the pace? Like when you mentioned some of these new questions that are coming in, mm-hmm. it was an interesting, it wasn't even a stat. It was just something that as we partnered with Google that yeah. surprised me when they said, at some point, this was a few years ago. I don't know if you remember this, but they said that 80% of all Google searches were still first-time searches. Mm-hmm. And it was just because of the subtle, most subtle things. People misspelling things, mm-hmm. people couching them differently, etc. That was a few years ago. But my point here with also the bots is, like, is that what you guys are seeing? So I would think like local questions, right, mm-hmm. is going to be one of the natural things that's going to promote way more or a difference between one property like to the next. Yeah. And so then are you, is that one of the biggest focuses? And when I say focuses, I get you guys are just programming in, but maybe mm-hmm. expectations is that our bots are going to be way more localized over the next few years because those are the kinds of nuances and new questions that we don't, we're naturally going to see variation, you know, from one property to the next. Yeah. From Well, and that's, that happens during our intake process. So once we get them on board, like so we're established up front, you're saying. Exactly. So okay. we bring the property managers in, they help us address questions that are very unique to that property because property down the street, say apartment shores or whatever, they're going to be answering questions about their proximity to the beach or um, parking around the area. If it's just street parking only, or if they have parking on site. And then if you go more inland, you're probably going to get like, what's the proximity to the lake or where's the nearest grocery store. And so those questions are going to be very unique for every property. So we make sure that during the onboarding process, we get those added in. So that it's not a question that like somebody has to reach out to the property directly because it's not answered in our solution. Yeah. But the good thing about that too, it sounds kind of scary the way he explains it as in you might have a bajillion questions, Mm -hmm. um, but it's not like that when we do set up. It's pretty easy. It's 15 minute conversation. doesn't take 200 questions for you to fill out and do all this work to get it set up. Yeah. Yeah. We We have a bot built anywhere between two to three days when when the contract signed and so contract signed we do our intake 15 minutes three days later you have a bot that's fully ready to be deployed onto the website i would think a cool add-on potentially is to actually do some social listening 
So looking mm-hmm. at the property, uh, you know, social profiles and other things like kind of that organic dialogue that's happening around housing totally. and then weave that yeah. in as well, like yeah. up front. So that wouldn't come necessarily like in a questionnaire or 15 minute. Right. Intake. Yeah. <laughs> like we yeah. already did this. Yeah. And our review calls that we have. So we have these word clouds that we build based off of conversations from surrounding properties as well. So okay. it's like, Hey, here's what a lot of the area Very cool. is bringing in. And so we're seeing questions around this. We're seeing questions around this. Is this something that you also want us to bake in? And we do that 30 days after so that they have enough time to get familiar with the bot. Cause a lot of these solutions are really new for the property managers. And so we want them to get comfortable and then they start thinking about more things that they can add to it and more things that they can bake into it. And so we have those kind of processes in place. Like, later on down the road so that they they're not overwhelmed from right. the kickoff yeah well what also stood out to me and was exciting to hear because i didn't know about BetterBot leads but that most of these bots were either doing one or the other is that they were there for nurturing um and not on the site but just there to help with the lead automation or i'm sorry uh lead nurturing um, or they were on the front end. And it sounds like that's kind of the big news from BetterBot is yeah. now you guys have are able to supply solutions on both sides. Exactly. So you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So the goal is really to handle a lot of the top of funnel stuff that bogs down the leasing teams. And so a leasing team member can see probably anywhere from 100 to maybe 300 calls in a month. And it's just menial questions like, how do I get to your property? Uh, what kind of specials do you have? What type of floor plans are available? All the stuff that the bot can handle. And so by being able to have that solution up front, we're just saving them time. But then there's also the stuff from the ILSs, the stuff that they might not get a phone call from, but they might get an email from. And those emails are going to start taking up time. And so we figured we need to intercept those and qualify them and get them kind of nurtured a little bit. Like maybe it's, it's a looky-loo and they're just like, hey, I, I just want to know what's the availability. They're expecting that quick instant answer back. So we send them an email right away because it could be after hours. It could be maybe when the office is closed. And so they get that instant response and then we just need them to to click in and then they can find the answers for themselves there. Yeah. Very cool. Well, from a content standpoint, Tiffany, it can't be a picnic. I'm sure it's exciting, but with as much speed and movement and, and also as many competitors, how do you, what's your kind of strategy or plan of attack? And, um, educating the market, you know, about, uh, about better bots, like differentiate. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things we really focus on is, um, bulking up our blog content and just making sure that it's relevant for everyone in multifamily. So we'll do things as simple as what our product is and how it helps. And then we'll also do things that are super relevant to them. Like, um, I'm trying to think right now off the top of my head, but, um, We'll do things on like resident events or what's the best feature that renters are looking for today and things like that, um, just to start creating buzz and get them interested. What do you think the chances are or what do you think the viability is of, of at some point, a, a better bot handling the social comments? So I know that you're more on the better bot, like getting the word out, but sort of taking this whole like engagement side of things, like a lot of brands have whole teams like JetBlue is famous for how good their customer service is around if you complain on Twitter or how they get back to you. So that's one of the big problems we see from properties is where they don't want, uh, they don't really have the capacity to monitor comments and to moderate. Yeah. And right now that that falls more in the rep management category, but I'm just wondering like from, from your stance, you think that there's a world where that should be a thing that a better bot gets into at some point? Um, I know that's not something we are doing currently, but there is a lot of information that we give in our reporting. We have pretty robust reporting where they can find 
what renters are looking for specifically, and that can help them create their spiel so that they're also answering those questions when they're touring live in person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would got to be really delicate there, though. That's probably why it hasn't moved over there already is you don't want to come off as tone deaf. And that would be my biggest fear is like if a robot answered like a a resident that was pissed off because, you know, their toilet exploded. And then it wasn't showing enough empathy. I mean, those are some of the harder things I would think to yeah. get at and right. would scare, you know, an owner yeah. from like, uh, from and potential fair right housing now. violation complaints and that kind of stuff. Right. Like there's, there's a lot of like nuances, I think that require things to be like leveled up or like reviewed from somebody else. Um, like, so she does a really good job with sentiment and being able to determine what's the sentiment of a com like a, a comment that's been made. And then it notifies who actually right. should level be, to escalate, yeah. be responsible for it. So think, it, it helps with that. I think what's super important to us is not eliminating the leasing agent. It's giving them time back so that they have the time to focus on what's important and what's right there in front of them and making connections. And we help do that rather than taking them out of the equation. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Well, I could see that in a future world, because I know Robert has, uh, last time we had him on, uh, on, you were calling it cast earlier. So I'll go with cast instead of pod. That way mm-hmm. pod seems a little, I don't know. I don't it's like it. It's kind of like bot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. It's like bot. It's like bot, yeah. Anyways, I could see you guys looking for, for like, uh, I'm sure he would have some gripes about NLP, just how he's had gripes about NLG, yeah. meaning natural language processing. So someone leaves a comment and they say, hey, what are your hours of operation? Then I could see maybe better bot at, totally. at a point in time may want to jump mm-hmm. in and say, hey, can True. I help you on a social comment? But if, uh, but as far as handling everything, it'd be no. So back to yeah. your point, Tiffany, it'd be about giving some time back for some of those basic questions mm-hmm. yeah. that do come in sometimes from social comments or reviews that a human may not get back to for 48 hours. And we all know that people don't have great attention spans, but and in particular on social, they don't have great yeah. attention yeah. spans. Well, and the other thing we do really well is that we reach them on the social platforms as well. We don't go in and write back to comments, but we do have our bot living anywhere that renters are finding Um places to live so we're on twitter instagram wherever you can put our bot and they'll answer those questions yeah google them. my business and then yes. as you were saying yeah. trevor before we started but the, the different ils's you guys yep. now right. can are multi-channel and so. we can yeah we can intercept those really well and we have kind of we're building out this this multi-channel source report so we're able to really drill down where a lead is coming from and based off of ip tracking and all that fun stuff like we can start to really see the original source of where they're coming from so it's been super helpful to be able to drill into that data and provide more insight to the properties. Yeah. Could you guys give us just some, I don't know, background on how challenging it can be when, uh, whether it's your guys' solution or any solution, but for lead, uh, people, prospects are interacting with the property from multiple places, mm-hmm. like in their journey and matching that back up, like in the Yardie system, for example, can be a problem where someone you guys start uh, handling leads that come in from apartment list Mm -hmm. but then the person also goes to the website and they submit a guest card and many times in their crm those things aren't merged so can you talk through a little bit of why that is and and uh yeah and well it's because a lot of times what will happen is somebody might have entered their phone number in because they're they're on their mobile device and so they they want to quickly get that contact back so they'll enter the phone number but not the email and then if they're on their computer, they'll enter their email and not the phone number. And so it's it's determining what contact information is coming through. And then also in the name structure of how they do it. So like, what if they have a typo in their first name, but not their last name, or last name, or first name. And so one of the things that we're doing on our end 
is we're able to see those overlaps and kind of notate where the potential duplicates are and then merge the ones that are very clear, like this is apples to apples, this is a perfect match, same name, same phone number, same email, this is the same lead. They've come from three different sources. But if it's somebody where it's the same first name, different last name, same phone number, then we can do this potential match or same thing with the email. And so being able to identify those. But it, it gets messy. And I think that's where Yardi and some of the other solutions out there are, are struggling to, to provide that clear insight. And so it's just showing up as a duplicate lead. But it's not from lack of like trying or anything like that. It's just there are so many intricacies to how people input their own information. One, from maybe privacy. Like, I don't want a phone call. Like, I'm never going to enter my phone number into a lead form unless it's like completely required. And then most likely it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero. <laughs> and so it's like, like I, I try to avoid the phone call side of things. People are probably going to be the same way. And so that's where you're going to see these differences in contact forms. So. Mm -hmm. So how do you recommend that clients think about or handle that today? Because I could see, uh, you guys are saying that, uh, like Tiffany said, that you guys are saving the leasing agent time. And now if you guys are deployed on like seven or eight different channels, now great, you guys aren't handling, the, the leasing agent isn't handling all those inbound basic questions like hours of operation, dog park, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then uh, now, uh, now what they may have not witnessed before is that uh, all the duplicate leads in their system. So in one way they may see, oh, now we're getting duplicate leads. Mm -hmm. And you guys may get somewhat blamed for that, but that's not really your fault, right? So Well, it's also how the lead is qualified. So we don't lead gate until they want to give us their information. So almost every other bot out there right now asks you for information up front or before it provides you with the answer to your question. Yeah. So it's like, in case we get disconnected sort of thing, please yep. give me your information and then I'll tell you what homes are available or then I'll tell you about pricing. We tell you all the stuff up front that you want to know. So when you're actually providing your information, you're ready to convert. You're wanting to schedule that tour. You've selected schedule a tour or you're asking them to contact you. So the information that we get is very accurate and very like controlled because at that point, they're wanting you to contact them. They're wanting to schedule that tour. And so like, there's no reason for them to provide you false information because then your appointment's going to go to the wrong email you provided or... The person that like the the question that you asked that wasn't answered in the bot, it's going to be answered to whatever fake phone number you provided. So like, there's no reason for them to provide fake information at that point. Lead gating, on the other hand, that I mean, we experienced it with a, a an article that we just wrote, and we wanted to lead gate it up front because yeah. we were trying to promote it through a third party, and we wanted to see who was going to download it. Nobody. We had, yeah, we had <laughs> we had eighty percent of the traffic clicked on the link. But then we only had like 5% actually fill out the form and download the article. So we had a huge bounce rate. Mm -hmm. And it's just more justification to why lead gating just doesn't work in multifamily because nobody wants to provide you with the information unless you provide them with the information first. And so it's like we give them what they need. And then if they are still interested, then they'll, they'll come in. That's great. It's super smart. I was just going to ask what you guys are predicting for the next few years. Like, will there be more, I mean, proliferation of bots? Or do you think that the development and the companies entering the space is actually going to slow down and we'll start to see consolidation? And part two of that, I would think, has to do with the partnerships that you guys are forging or building already established, like, as a big part of that. Because it's like, well, if you have struck agreements and to the, again, extent you're yeah. comfortable with, with several of the key ILSs, then in a way that's your moat. You're boxing mm -hmm. out. It's like you can develop what you want, but if yeah. we already have agreements like, you know, with, with the big players, then doesn't that slow down 
um, or deter, I guess, other companies from potentially competing in our space. No, that's a great point. And I think talking on the partnership side, because that's actually something Tiffany and I are working on re- rebuilding how our partnership program looks. Mm-hmm. We like, and, and this is kind of my life motto. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to join BetterBot is because of how many people know Robert and how many people want to work with BetterBot and how op- like we have open API. Anybody that wants to work with us, we try and figure it out where it fits in the roadmap. We have, I mean, it's, it's like Christmas list sort of length of, of partners that are just waiting in line for us to be able to integrate with them because we just don't have the manpower to, to crank through all the partnerships at once. And so we're just going one by one. And I think that's where it's really going to come down to is like, what solution is the most integratable? Like, I, I want to create my own tech stack as a property manager. I don't want to have to conform to somebody that is a Yardi only partner or a, a real page only partner or what have you. And I want to be able to have the solution that works perfectly for me because I use I use Matterport, but I also use Ingrain. And then I use um, LCP360 on these set of properties. And I want to be able to have those all come through. BetterBot's the solution that does that. Like any, any solution that you want to build within your tech stack, we make sure that it happens. And so the integrations, I think, is going to be the big play for the next couple of years. And then partnerships on top of that of like, I mean, we, we have multiple handfuls of resellers and... It's one of the reasons why we actually didn't come onto the floor and have a booth is because, I mean, you talk to the majority of the solutions that have bots here, a lot of them are powered by BetterBot. Yeah. And so we have a lot of lot of touch points that we have access to. So then what's next for BetterBot? I mean, it's exciting. You guys just talked about the leads, but getting into the guided conversations versus yeah. the NLP, because I think it's fair to expect that the farther we go, and whether I have to say 10 years out or five years out or David's three years yeah. out... Um, isn't that a natural progression or do you actually think that that's not, not going to be the direction that you'll, you know, BetterBot will yeah. go? So BetterBot started with one of the biggest NLP platforms in multifamily. Um, but we actually went away from it because it breaks so often. It's just not developed enough in the space yet. Um, so, I mean, we're not close to it forever, but if NLP kind of gets to the point where it's not a terrible user experience, then we would go that And it's not, not to say like NLP has has its place. Right. I think it from the user side of things, it doesn't make sense right now because of the error rate. It's like you type in one word wrong or like my favorite example, and I, I test this out on a lot of the bots that do NLP is, is how big is your pool or how big is your clubhouse? It picks up on the pig, the big being the size component, but then it also picks up on the clubhouse being the amenity component. And so... The big piece, it's going to give you information about the unit size or like the the square footage. Right. The amenities, it's going to give you the list of the amenities and it's going to get a little bogged down for that or it's going to be like, I didn't understand. Um, But where NLP is really thriving is being able to recognize the keywords that are coming through. And so we're able to build word clouds based off of the common asked questions that might not be addressed by our bot and are still being asked by prospects. Mm -hmm. So we're able to pull that information out and actually see that in real time to be like, oh, this is more stuff that we can learn from. And it's great for that kind of insight piece. It's just the user experience side is why we've kind of moved away from it since like Robert and, and Zlatko had kind of started that route. Yeah. I probably shouldn't say it was a terrible user experience. I mean, yeah, we yeah. were just talking about Alexa and how that always breaks. I mean, you have to know what you can ask Alexa to yeah. do. And so that's kind of where NLP is right now. You have to know what you can ask, but if it develops a little bit more, it might be. I also think that. that's why you're seeing more hybrid bots come out. Yeah. So you're seeing these bots that have the NLP component baked into it, but then it's also giving you prompts. 
of like, you can ask this question, you can ask this question. So that's guided conversation mixed with NLP. Yeah. In a way, and self-regulating. Exactly. And it's just a great, like, I think that's probably where a lot of this might go. So you can have more of that versatility of being able to quickly type something in and then get that response, but then also make a selection piece. And so I think, I don't know if that's where we're going necessarily, but one of the things that we're really trying to build out is like this engagement engine and being able to handle both top of funnel and post funnel and really figure out how those components work. And we actually met with our advisors just to kind of dig a little bit more into that to just kind of see where, where are the gaps that are happening? Like there's a lot of CRMs in the space and it's not something that we're going to go towards. Like it's like we work really well with the CRMs that are out there and we want to maintain those relationships well, but we want to help them top of funnel. And then we want to look at maybe helping them after the fact. And so how do we help post post signature? Oh, before David, because I'm sure he has a question. I know we got to wrap up, but um, I cut you short just a little bit on what's next. I quickly yeah. was asking you what about NLP versus uh, the guided conversation. So anything else you'd want to share with us over the next few years that you, you would imagine? I mean, it, it really is the engagement engine play that I think we're kind of working towards. And that's it really it comes down to kind of the conversational leasing piece. We're starting a certificate program to really build out that that terminology more to have mm. people more familiar with how do you build that relationship while leveraging autonomous leasing and AI and how do you work simultaneous with that to benefit how your job function works at the property side or even on the marketing side and then kind of explore more of that route um, in addition to the the engagement side. So Very cool. I don't have a question. I'll just reiterate the statement that that was interesting that you guys were making earlier that uh, it's a big differentiator um, and take it how you will but uh, meaning to the consumer uh, that you guys don't gate at the beginning and yeah. other people do gate at the beginning. And I think there's, there's not one, all, one, one fits all solution, right? As you were saying, people should be able to build their tech stack. So mm-hmm. some folks want the, the leads to be gated, if you will. And then, and then put them into like a separate folder that's like yeah. in, in the CRM system. And then some folks would rather let's not ever put them in the folder and let's let them go through and ask the questions and then be put through as a hard lead. I, it makes, it makes it, it makes total sense to me now that you guys um, get less probably of the duplicate uh, issue that some of the other, mm-hmm. um, I'll say, alternate solutions because yeah. uh, they're not similar. You guys, I think you guys are unique in how, how you're... I mean, we are it. the only standalone bot in multifamily. Everybody else, I mean, in all honesty, they're add-ons. Like It's a solution where you have an incredible product and then you have the bot solution. Yeah. And I would say for the ones that are trying to build the bot solution in addition to building their primary solution, that's where it's kind of this give and take of how much yeah. can you focus on one or the other. So it's, it's, it's definitely interesting to kind of see how those, those are built out. Yeah. Well, I like the clarity. So um, I think it can get hairy when you try to be so flexible, but not that you guys aren't flexible, but you guys are very clear with like, we're going to focus on bots. We're going to focus on guided conversation <laughs> and so on and so forth. And you just, yeah. it's a very clear product as opposed to these like tangled webs that a lot yeah. of us other vendors have. So no intention cool. to, to start looking at single family rentals. So we actually, we, we took a stab and went that direction for a little bit and really focused into how would this play out? And the hard part is the turnover. Mm-hmm. Like you can't do it for just one big right. property because I mean, you're looking at what is the average wait? Like in Seattle, it's, it's less than 30 days as the house turns over. Mm-hmm. And so you, you build the bot, Not the house turns timing. over bef- yeah, like before the bot can even have a review deck. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a lot of timing pieces. We have looked at looking at more so like maybe working on the brokerage side and 
And what does that look like of like doing like an all-in solution? And that's where we have our multi-bot solution. So we have uh, property management companies that have all of their websites baked into a single website. So all of their properties have their own little page within that. And so that's where the multi-bot might be able to help out or also with sister properties and being able to like provide referrals. And so it might be able to, to stand back into single family at some point. But right now, like we looked at it, we did kind of like a, a, a little trial to kind of figure out if it worked and it just didn't fit at the moment. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Cool. Well, they're uh, serving alcohol there and trying go. to give us uh, appetizers while we're recording right now. Yeah. Good, good job resisting, Tiffany. I did my best, <laughs> honestly. It smells good. But I guess we should uh, wrap this up. So thank you guys awesome. for taking yeah. the time. I really thanks appreciate having that. Yeah. We went 30. Yeah, thanks so, so much, Trevor. Awesome. <laughs> you guys are great. Sweet.